0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. So this morning, Church, I am preaching on the power of connection. And uh, you know, I've heard that before, but this is going to be such a really simple word. I'm a simple girl. I bring a simple message, but it's always from the heart. So my prayer is that you take away something today that you're inspired with something that you're like, I needed to hear that. You know what? I don't ever want to go through life like I know it all, I've heard it before. I have the attitude that I walk into church every Sunday and like, God, what do you want to say to me today? Because you have something fresh every week and every day for me here. Amen. So, you know, um, I was reading this. In 2003, a 20-year-old woman from China ticked over over 330 dominoes, breaking the long-standing world record. Now, this took her 13 hours a day, okay, over seven weeks to lay this amount of dominoes. Now, when I was reading this, I thought, this is dedication and this is perseverance, and I thought, wow, hats off to her to want to break a world record, um, you know, pushing over dominoes. Now, when it was all set up and ready to go after these seven weeks, it only took four minutes to knock down this series of white, red, and yellow tiles that revealed the world, world, words world record. Only four minutes, and it was done. <coughs> now, I was reading this, and how exactly does a domino topple work? It begins with one domino falling over to impact another domino, which falls over to impact another, and so on and so forth, until all the dominoes are toppled over. The domino effect, in essence, begins with one domino who impacts another. And that domino impacts another, so that the original domino not only impacts one other domino, but it impacts all the other dominoes. Just from one and the effect of over 330,000 dominoes. Today, I want to touch on the power of connection. How can we make connections? How can we live a life of connection? Why? putting all that effort into people's lives. What's the purpose? And, you know, some of you might be sitting here today saying, well, you know, I've got enough friends in my world I don't need more. or I'm happy with where I'm at. I don't feel like really connecting with any more people. What's the point? But you know what? Somebody needs you. Somebody needs to be blessed by your life. And I live with a man who is the most selfless person I know. I get challenged every day. And there's times when I go, Christian, and, and hear my heart here because that's who he is. I can't change him as a person, but I say, do you know what? You're not people's saviour. And at times you need to look, at, look after yourself. But it's in him. He's always looking out for others. It's who he is. And I know he gets it from his parents, and especially his father. Uh, is the same. Bill McCartney, if you ever met ever met Bill, doesn't matter where he goes, he's always got eyes to see for others. And, you know, some of you know, I don't want to touch on this too much because this is an emotional time for the family, but some of you know that um, Christian's younger brother, Bill's, Bill and his son, is walking through a cancer journey. And he started treatment a few weeks ago. But Do you know what? Praise be to God. He's going to be healed. He's going to get through. Amen. And we're claiming that and believing for that. But a number of weeks ago, we rallied together as a family and we organised a fund. And thank you for the generosity of people all over who have gen- uh, don- donated generously uh, with monetary gifts to bless Matt, Ash and their beautiful children, to pay for their treatment, to just help them through this time. And I was thinking about this whole thing about the GoFund and, you know, people donating uh, personally to Matt. But not some of these people don't even know Matt personally, but they're connected through the family or a family friend. And I was reading, um, you know, uh, when we sort of put it up on our post just to share it and just say, you know, can you be praying for us as a family? Phil, what you, you know, you can do will bless this family. And a beautiful, uh, who's become a dear friend, my chiropractor, she wrote on my post, she said, any person loved by you will happily contribute and will be praying. And that just actually touched me to go, you know what? It's that I've, people that are in my life that I've touched, blessed by me, and they go, you know what? That's even a no-brainer. I want to bless your family in whatever way I can do. That's a domino effect. That's how God intended us to live, hey? He intended us not to live for ourselves and our own pleasures, but to connect with others, bless others, look at the needs of others, heal hurts, and fill a space. There's a space for you to fill that I can't fill. There's a people in your life and your sphere of influence that I can't touch, but you can. Amen? There's people in your world or or that you haven't met yet that are waiting to meet you because you've got something to give them. And, you know, Christian and I, uh, we felt the call of God in our lives to disciple, lead and bless uh, people at the age of 18, quite young. And this is a life that we have lived for 24 years and it hasn't gone without tears, without heartache, without criticism, without disappointment, without, without um, rejection at times and moments of wanting to give up because that's what God's, God's called us to do. But the reward is greater. The stories, what's on the other side of your obedience, you will never know the stories, the testimonies, the lives that have changed because we said yes at the age of 19. We said, God, it's not about us, it's about others' lives and we will do and we will live a life to help other people. And it hasn't been easy but the reward is great. We decided to be that one domino. And through 24 years of marriage, we've seen a domino effect through different seasons of our life and it's been worth it. What was Jesus' famous words? Go. Not sit, not observe. Now there is times to sit and observe. There's times to glean, there's times to learn, there's times to be taught. But what was his ultimate words before he went to be his father in heaven? He said, go. Go and make disciples. In Matthew 28, 18, 20, let me read you this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, we've heard that scripture. We know that scripture. But if you read that scripture, what pops out to me is plain and simple. Therefore, go. Now Christian preached this brilliant message last week and if you weren't here, go back online uh, and listen to it. It was it was fantastic. And he talked about going after the one, going after the one. Who's the one in your lives? You have many ones, many ones. And as you sow, as you give of yourself, you watch the domino effect in their life, then into another, into another, and into another. I really believe there's... A one person in our church. Not every single member of our church people are here today. But I want to challenge you and I want to charge you over this coming year, who is one person in our church, okay, that you can be praying and say, God, bring them along my path and I can speak into, I can build a connection, I can build a relationship because they need you and you need them. And I believe that God will show you that person and you watch what will happen in their life and your life over this year. Reach out. Make a difference. We were not put on this planet to just do exist. And i tell you what, I think about that. And, you know, life can be mundane, can't it? We get up and we do the same old thing again. We get up and we go to work. We go home, we eat dinner and we go to bed. We get up, we get dressed, we go to work, we feed our children or however your life is and then we go to bed. It feels a little bit mundane. But God put us on this planet to make a difference. And how does that look for you? To be honest, sometimes I've had these moments with the Lord where I said, you know what? I'm tired. Oh, I can't do this anymore. i want to give up. I'm done. Time out. Time out. But we need time out. At times we need time out to look after ourselves, don't we? We need to restore our soul because if we've got nothing left in the tank, we're no good to nobody. And so we need time out. It's recognising those seasons. And it's okay because we get tired. It's like you're giving out and you're giving out and you're like, okay, God, it's time for me to be filled again so I've got everything I can to bless others' lives and do what you've called me to do because my calling is different to your calling. The gifts on your life are different to what's on my life. But that's the uniqueness of the body of Christ. That's the uniqueness of humanity. And we're better together because we all have a beautiful part to play in the bigger picture. Do you know there's a bigger picture? And I think sometimes we need to stop and go, all right, I need to push aside all my distractions and say, God, what's the bigger picture? Reveal that again to me. Why? Because you have a why. George, your why is different to my why. Gina, your why is different to my why. And my heart today is that you leave this place... And God speaks to you about your why, and your place, and your people, and your one. Because I tell you what, it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Making connection with someone gives you the opportunity to speak into someone's lives, or life, or them speak into your life. It gives you the opportunity to help someone. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Now, many years ago. Um, I started building uh, a connection, a relationship with our school's PE teacher and uh, through work. and so my other job, I work at our kids' school and uh, there was a horrible accident that happened. Her son's um, dad, her ex-husband, got hit by a car and died instantly in a mo- motorcycle um, accident. He was riding his bike and I remember the news flooded in and obviously started spreading around the community and our school and I heard about this and my heart ached. And I felt the Lord say um, to me, reach out and do what you can, just even financially for her and her little boy. So I spoke to a Christian and he goes, yep, we will do whatever. I didn't want to sort of prowl or, or prounce on her. And I remember having a conversation with the head of our primary school and, and he said, you know what, that would be amazing. But I would just just wait for the right time, you know. She's going through a pretty grieving time. I said, Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to interfere. But he said, You know what? It's funny I'm having this conversation with you. He said because even before this happened, she's been going through a really really tough time, and uh, you know, solo mum, and just I had no idea. And he said she used to talk about you a lot, Melissa. And um, you know, I'm just a mum in the school, but I'm also working there um through the swim school and uh he said she used to bring up your name a lot because what all I did was I just started just building a connection and I just started loving on her and I had no idea what was going on before this horrible accident happened anyway fast forward about a month and I bumped into her at school and I just looked at her and she came up to me and she just gave me the biggest hug and I just held her and I felt God say, now you can ask a question. And I did and I said, Yolanda, what can we do to help? We want to help, we want to do something financially. And she goes, no, 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 I'm okay, I don't need that. I said, well, please go away and think what we can do because we want to bless you and Oscar. Anyway, she came back to me, she said, do you know what? For many, many years, Oscar's wanted a cubby house and his dad promised to build it for him. And and that's all she said, and I said, done. We can do that. And then what did my husband do? Because he's equipped in that area, he went and built this amazing cubby house. He designed it exactly how Yolanda pictured it for her son. And i never forget the day, I remember we had some college students up from Sydney and they helped finish it off and paint it. They're probably the best-looking cubby house I've ever seen. (laughs) And then beautiful Oscar was able to put all his little tools in this cubby house that his dad gave him the domino effect, the power of a connection that you don't even know when you meet someone, how their life is going to unfold, but the part that you are going to have to play in their life. Amen. It is easy to place our priorities on ourselves, And in Proverbs 18, 1 to 2, it warns us that if we are only concerned with ourselves, needs and opinions, that we are characterized as unfriendly. Ouch. Further, Paul warns in Romans 16 that we need to be aware of people who cause division and serve their own agendas. And in John 17, Jesus prays for someone, something radically different. And he says, I pray that you will all be one, just as you and I one, as you are in me. Father, and I am in you. He goes on to pray for perfect unity amongst believers. Christ is praying to his Father that we we could throw away our own agendas and work together as one. That one domino that can achieve the effect of many other dominoes. And let me read you this. These are some scriptures that are a little bit of an ouch, but they're good to hear as reminders. And in Proverbs 18, 1-7, it says, Unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Fools have no and no interest in understanding The only they only want to air their own opinions. Philippians 2, 3-4 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take on interests in others too. It is so rewarding. I want to ask you two questions today. Do you ever struggle with focusing on your own agenda rather than God's agenda for your life. Oh, hello, I do. Come on, put up your hand if you do. Sometimes we, we're just focusing on what's going on now, what do we forget? But the other thing I want to ask you, what are some ways you can focus more on God's agenda for your life? What do you need to do? What, what are the distractions in your world so that you can say, God, what's your agenda for my life? Not just what I want, but God, what do you want? How do you want to use me? Be proactive. We get comfortable, and I hear this so much. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Oh, yep, we're all busy. We're all busy. What's your excuse? I'm so busy. I tell you what, we make ourselves busy. That's a really good thing to think about. We make ourselves so busy. But you can just know how you just don't know how your actions and your time might just encourage or give someone hope or be the connection that they have been praying for for many years. And it might just be stopping for a moment and sending that text message or picking up that phone and making that call or meeting that person for coffee. As something that I know my husband always does so well, if he thinks of someone, he acts on it straight away because he knows I'll oh, forget about it. And God will place something on your heart and you don't even realize. Last Sunday morning I woke up and I was getting ready for church and I felt God say to me, and speak to me, and gave me a scripture, and He says, I want you to send it to this person. Because sometimes you go, am I, I might just making that up myself? And, and you just go, okay, I'm just going to be obedient. So I sent this scripture to this person that's going through a really, really tough time. And I get this response back. I wasn't expecting anything. She goes, Oh my goodness, that's exactly what I needed to hear. bumped into her during the week. She broke down into tears. She said, thank you. I mean, I just thought, okay, it's just a, a scripture. It's nothing. She said, Melissa, thank you so much for sending me that word. She said, because it's given me hope and I feel hopeless. You just don't know. Have eyes to see. You know what? I feel like we walk around and our eyes are down and we're busy. We're busy doing our thing, we're navel-gazing, what's going on in our world. But if only at times we are actually more so, not just at times, but we lived a life where we had eyes to see constantly. Eyes to see. God will show you what he wants to show you. God will show you the ones. God will show you and give you opportunities. And not only that you will help and give someone hope or bless a life, but it will do something for yourself. And I just want to encourage anyone today that you, even like your eyes, you feel like you're just busy and you're preoccupied. And even sometimes we walk into church and our eyes are down. We come to church, we worship, we hear the word and we leave. But if I can encourage you, come into church with eyes to see, to see other people, to see others that are in our church family to build a connection that they need. Amen? Amen. Family. You know, church can become family. You hear this a lot, and that's the whole thing. People just come to church, they leave. They come to church, they leave. But our heart is that you find home in church, like Nushi shared. It's become home. It's become family. Who do you draw back to? Your church family. And, you know, some people treat church like a hotel, And I just want to speak into that today, is that okay? I was thinking about a hotel. There's really nice five-star hotels. And you go there, you stay for a couple of nights. I don't know, it's been a while. (laughs) And, you know, you get to use the really nice, white, big, luscious towels and the beautiful sheets. You go in there, you've got someone to make your bed the next day and you enjoy everything about the hotel and the people are friendly and then you get to leave. It's wonderful. It's awesome. But then your home. What's your home like? It's a place. It's your sanctuary. It's a place where you can make it your own. It's a place where you can keep coming back to. Even if it's a bit messy, it's okay. Because you can make your home be how you want your home to be. And you can see the projects that need to be done. It's like church. Let church be home, people our church people. Let it not be a hotel. You have a part to play. You have a space to occupy. There's relationships, there's friendships that are are, are waiting to be formed, that are part of your journey, that are part of your life. Amen? Let me quickly touch on how does this look when church is home. The first one really quickly is connect. It's just turning up. Make it your weekly priority just to turn up because that's how you keep connected. You know, things come, you know, we get sick and things are wrong. But for the last 26 years, I've just turned up. I've made church a priority and I'm the person I am today because I have and also because I've gone, you know what, I'm going to invest into relationships. I'm going to invest into beautiful godly friendships that I need and it's become home for me. Psalm 122.1 says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Be glad, be excited. Don't let it be a chore. I think Christian touched on this last week so wonderfully. Don't just let it tick a box and go, yep, I've done my religious act for the week. I've turned up to church. Be glad, be excited. Because it's like I get to go to church. I get to praise God. I get to be with other believers. I get to be with my family. I get to be with my friends. It's like I, as I've got older, I love going home. I, when I was younger, I I was such a social butterfly. I think that's where my eldest gets it from. I used to love just being out and about and hanging out and here and there and a bit of a party here and a bit of a party there. It's my same one personality. But as I've got older, my children have worn me out and I love being home. I love me time because that's I find it hard to be on my own, but I'm loving it as I get older. I love to come home. I love to come home. Let church be home for you. Yep. Second thing, relationships and friendships. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Let, choose your friends wisely. Rid toxic relationships in your world. And I tell you what, this is something that I speaking to my children as they're growing into their teens years. And I said, kids, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I said, the people that you hang around you become like. The toxic relationships, the toxic environments that you go into will get on you and they will form you. So choose well, choose wisely. And as you know, that only comes with maturity, doesn't it? And, and as you grow. But sometimes us as adults still have toxic relationships We are still stepping into toxic environments. Let God speak to you because he wants the best for you. He wants godly friendships, godly relationships for you because iron sharpens iron. There's someone here sitting today that needs your friendship. Third one quickly, accountability. Be accountable to your connect leader, your pastor. See growth and change. I always say every year to myself, Melissa, by the end of the year... I don't want to be the same person that I started out. I want to keep growing. I want to keep changing. I want to keep challenge, be challenged. I don't want to be the same person that I was last year to next year. And let me read this in James 5, 16, 18. <laughs> Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to, sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Elijah, for instance, human just like us, prayed hard that it would rain and it didn't, not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain and it did. The showers came and everything started growing again. It took three years. Change doesn't just happen overnight, does it? It takes time, but it's journeying together. It's journeying with someone. It's confessing your struggles, it's okay, it's confessing your sins and saying, can I be accountable, help me, I'm struggling in this area, how do I do it, what do I need to do, because we can't do it alone. What saddens me to think that worldwide, I remember reading these stats, the end of last year, they said uh, only 30% of people will actually return to church, will return to the house of God after all these lockdowns. And I just remember my jaw dropped and went, what the heck? And I thought, no way, devil. Not on my watch. Come on. And I know even in our church, there's people that haven't come back. And that breaks my heart. And that's not only in our church. I know that's in lots of churches here locally and worldwide. People haven't come back to the house of God. Why? Because they've become comfortable in isolation They've formed new habits and they've filled up their calendar with other things. And I'll tell you what my prayer, my prayer is see people running to the house of God because as you know, the world is not getting better. I'm not here to preach doom and gloom. I'm just here to say reality. The world is not getting better. But what does the church and the body and us as Christians need to do? We need to rise and we need to be the voice of hope. Amen. We need to bring hope to people and say, does it Does it matter? What's going on in the world? Yes, this is happening and this might happen, but we can have hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We are the hope. We are the soul and the light. Come on. Come on. That's not going to get fired but I don't know what more. Let's pray that people will start coming into the house of God. People will start being hungry for God because there's nothing else in this world that can satisfy our hunger. There's no better alcohol, there's no relationship, there is no drug, there is no job, there's no substance that can satisfy what our Father in heaven can give you and I, amen? And the last thing is really quickly, serve. Move from being an observer to a participator. Now by nature, I'm a participator. I'm one of those girls growing up and I'm still like it today. I can't be standing on the sideline. I've got to be on the field. I've got to be part of the team. I've got to be in the action. I can't stand there and watch. I get like really itchy feet and I want to be there. Because that's how God's made me. But that's how God's made you too. He doesn't want us just to sit and observe. He wants us to go. He wants us to be a part of